Good morning. It's been a while since I've been up here, and uh, I'm loved seeing your lovely faces. Um, you know, this last year has been there's been a lot of death, you know, that has taken place. Um, we've lost people that we've loved, you know. Um, and I've been preparing this sermon actually for months now, kind of almost. And you know, sometimes when you buy a new car. And then you get in that car, and then all of a sudden you see all the same cars on the road. And it just seemed like the topic of death just kept coming up over and over and over again. Sometimes in conversations and the TV shows I was watching, you know, and, um, you know, it got me thinking about how we talk about death, you know, because um, I think sometimes we talk about it as something to avoid. Um, other times uh, we talk about it as just being a natural part of life. Um, Sometimes we talk about it as it is a good thing, as if it brings somehow meaning to life. And the reality is, is that we all have to find a way to come and have peace with the fact of the understanding that we are all going to die one day. But what peace can we truly have in the face of an enemy that is so absolute I mean, not only are we guaranteed to die, but the loss of life and the relationship that death carries is going to be forever. When we die, we will be forever separated from God and our loved ones. We will be separated from all that is good for eternity. I feel like now I have to say this. It's so doom and gloom. I want you to know that there is good news coming. Okay? But... We're going to start in our patches this morning, um, and if you don't have a Bible, there's a Bible hopefully underneath your seat or one in front of you, and it's going to be page um, 886. We're going to read Romans chapter 5, verses 12 through 21. So if you would, with me real quick, stand for the reading of God's word. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come." But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through the one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation. But the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You may be seated. Father, as we uh, 
spend time in your word this morning, Lord. I just would pray that your words would uh, rest upon our hearts and our mind, Lord, and um, that we would leave um, encouraged and wanting to pursue you all the more with our minds and our hearts and all our strength. All right, so this morning I'm going to break in um, break up our time into three sections, okay? We're going to first look at verses 12 through 14, and then we're going to take it and look at verses 15 through 19, and we're going to end with verses 20 and 21. And I just read the scripture, but um, I'm just going to reread just the, the first section here to you guys, all right? Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam. I lost my place. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. So what we have in these uh, first verses here is really the condition of the human race. What we find out is that death has come by the means of a man, specifically the man, Adam. And some interpreters here, when you look at your verse here, it will say, and so death spread to all men. Some of actually uh, interpreters mean this to say, in this way. So Paul's really explaining how the origins of death and sin and where they came from, okay? And then we have this other phrase in here that says, to, because all sinned. And it just simply really is what is getting down to the fact is that we have all sinned in Adam. Um, from Adam, we have a sin nature that we have uh, inherited, and that has caused some problems for us. Okay? And in doing this, I think Paul's setting up the, the, the picture here of two represent, representatives, okay? We have the representative Adam, and we have a representative of Jesus Christ, all right? Um, a good way to think of this, actually, I want you to keep in mind, is actually thinking, oh, a way to understand this today is our political leaders, all right? And actually, I think the best way to even understand this is what's going on right now with Russia and Ukraine, right? When Russia decided to invade Ukraine, the rest of the world decided to put sanctions upon Russia for Putin's decision for invading. But what we find is that the people, right, are the ones who most suffer for Putin's decision, okay? So just, just as the people of Russia are suffering because of Putin's decision and their leadership, we too even experience it here, right? Our leaders, they make decisions, and we have to live either with the good or the bad consequences sometimes of those decisions, You see, Adam was the first man created to bear God's image. Adam was given authority to take care of the land. He was given, he was supposed to take care of the earth, the animals. Okay. Um, he was supposed to particularly, he was supposed to rule it. And I just want to, I'm just pointing out the fact how we're looking at these two people. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I lost my quick train of thought there. That we have, that we suffer under Adam's decision and sin. 
right? Back when he disobeyed God and he was kicked out of the garden, a judgment was pronounced upon him. But the thing is, is not just Adam suffered from that. We see the effects of it today. We continue, the human race continues to be under the curse, okay, because of what Adam did. So if there's something I want you, <clears throat> if you have a problem, I should say, if, you, if you're a little bugged by getting lumped in with Adam, I, I mean, I don't really blame you. I don't like being lumped in with other people's mistakes, you know. But on the flip side, we have to remember that if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you're also lumped in with the blessing of Jesus Christ, something that you didn't earn or earn. So there's something we need to conclude in this first section that I want you to remember. If, if you stay in Adam, death shall reign in your life. You're guaranteed to be dead. And you've already died spiritually, but you will be forever separated from God and his goodness. So now let's jump into uh, the verses 15 through 19 here. Um, and if Adam is our representation of the human race, and we realize that um, because of that, we have a sin nature, that means that we cannot save ourselves. But God in his goodness has given us another representation, Jesus Christ. So if the last section dealt with how sin and death and its power over us came to be, this section is going to deal now more specifically with the, with Christ and how he has overcome Adam's fault. So let's read verse 15. It says, but the free gift is not like the trespass for if many died, through the one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. So just quite in, we see the many, the many people have died, right? We learned that the whole human race was condemned in Adam. But listen to this language here, okay? I just, I want to point, because actually this language is throughout this whole text. And if you, as we go through it, you'll hear it over and over again, all right? So, for if many died through the one man's trespass, much more has this, the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded, abounded for many. Don't underestimate the work of grace through Jesus Christ to save you. The next verse here even continues the same line of thought. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin, for the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation. But the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. Excuse me one sec. So this is kind of an interesting thing, and I think it points... This is going to ultimately point, I want you to see God's generosity and patience with us, right? If, if I, I've, I've been, what, I'm 33 now, and I have had to apologize to many people for sinning against them, you know? Um, I've had people come and apologize to me. And forgiving one is really not that hard, you know? It, it's kind of like, all right, no big deal, move on, and keeps on going, you know? And... Um, now Adam's, because God is holy, you know, the judgment came after one sin, but what's so 
What's so amazing is that it didn't stop there. We continued to push God away. We continued to rebel against God. It said his justification, our justification came after many, many more trespasses. God continued to be patient with us. He didn't, he had this plan all set up in the beginning, guys. And he could have changed the plan somewhere down the road. He could have been like, you know what? These guys have just gone too far off the rails. I'm done with them. And that could have been the end of our story. And we'd also be stuck in Adam, you know? But no, 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 no. He continued to bear with us, okay? Until the time is right that he brought Jesus Christ, okay? And brought us justification after many, many trespasses. God's generosity towards us and his patience with us is so immense. I hope you understand that. I hope you, under, I hope you realize that in your, own, in your own life, in your walk, because you're not dealing with a God who wants to come and strike you down. You're dealing with a God whose generosity and patience with you far exceeds anything you can imagine and who wants to bring you out of death into life and who has provided the way to do it. I want to take a moment here to also then talk though about this. Another phrase that we've seen here is called is the free gift. Okay. And it simply means something that has been extended, extended to us without compensation in return. You need to be assured that your salvation rests solely on the work of grace of the, in the man, Jesus Christ. Let me just read Romans 5, 1 through 2 to you here. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. This whole passage, okay, is to assure you of the work of Christ and the victory it's going to give you over death. And sometimes I wonder if we talk about being, you know, justification, being saved by um, faith and not by works too much. But I bet that all of us here is probably the hardest thing to accept that we are absolutely made righteous solely based on the work of Christ and nothing we have. I, I say this because I fall into the trap of morality all the time. My relationship with the Lord is always, is definitely always been this balance where I'm reminding myself that, oh, if I screwed up today, you know, that means I'm, I'm cut off, you know, but that's not the reality of it. The reality is, is that if I screw up today, I'm still covered because of what Jesus Christ did. And I'm actually learning, guys, I'm learning that that truth is the very truth that we need to know that we can continue to continue to grow safely in Jesus Christ, to grow deeper and deeper in love with him. It doesn't, it doesn't convince me to go and continue to sin. No, if anything, it just convinces me that I want to grow deeper and deeper in love with Jesus. The teaching of this passage to me, I think is really clear. If we stay in Adam, we are going to die and we'll be separated from God. And I want to read this because if I, I feel like I'll screw it up if I, if I don't. Okay. 
if I want to stay in Adam, I will die forever, separated from the goodness of the Father. But if I choose to believe that Jesus Christ's gift of salvation is given to me freely, and that his work has taken me out of Adam and put me in Christ, then I come to the end of myself, and I put complete trust in Jesus for my justification in my life. Verse 17 says this, For if because of one man's trespass, death... I'm losing my place again here. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. So when I got to this verse, I asked myself the question, why do I need to hear this message? You know, and as I contemplated it, it you know, really became clear that I needed to hear the good news of Jesus Christ coming and taking me out of Adam, rescuing me from death because of the life that he lived so that I could be, so he could be my representative before the father. So I could be assured that when I stood before the father, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be um, held accountable to my own righteousness, but I'm going to be held accountable according to Christ's righteousness. But there's a, there's the kick phrase here, right? I'll read it again. Much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness. We must receive this abundance of grace. You must choose to believe that Jesus Christ came and died for your sins and took the penalty of your sin so that you could be made righteous in Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so by one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. If I think if, uh, if verse 17 was to tell us, you know, why we need to hear this message, I think 18 and 19 tell us, how is this all possible? I mean, the reality is, right, is we see death all the time. We really sometimes wonder like where, where is life? How is this made possible? How is it possible that, that the, the curse has been broken in Adam? Well, it's actually broken down for us here in 18 and 19. I will read this. Therefore, as one trespass led to combination one, so one act of righteousness leads to justification in life for him. And you remember Adam only sinned, broke the commandment once for all things to fall apart. Okay. And then here we have the contrast. So one act of righteousness, you know, leads to a justification of life for a man. I think one of the big things is obviously pointing to is Jesus lived a perfect life. Of course, his whole life. And it could be argued even that this one act that he's talking about is actually Jesus, that the living that perfect life up to the cross. But I, I think we need to highlight here that particularly that one act is his willingness to go to the cross for us. Because it was that in his death, his blood that paid for our justification and has given us life. And at this moment, I want to take a moment. I want us to consider, you know, the characters of these two men. I want us to consider the character of Adam and the character of Jesus here. Okay. In Adam, 
If you were to read through Genesis, you would see, right, that he was made in the image of God. He had everything that he could want. Everything was perfect, you know, and yet he still failed. He failed to be obedient to God and to rule alongside. Um, and I think the thing is, is we can identify with that. I can identify with Adam. I can identify being tempted and, and sinning in my temptation. I can identify, feels like almost daily, you know, failing to be obedient to God's law or what God expects of me. But then if we look at the man, Jesus, I think, I think actually the verses before my passage this morning really will give you a look into God's character. It says this, for a while we were still weak at the right time. Christ died for the ungodly. For one more scarcely die, scarcely die. I mean, for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It's in Christ that we are made righteous, that we are no longer controlled by death, but that we will have reign, that we will reign in life through Jesus. Which brings me to my last section here. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So if we saw in our last section here that we were made sinners in Adam, but we were made righteous in Jesus Christ. What about the here and now? I'm going to back up just a little bit. I'm going to read something to you in verse 13 and 14. It says, for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, Right? But sin is not counted where there is no law. So Paul just is really telling us that sin existed before we even knew of God's commands, right? Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam. And Paul's just proving and pointing to the fact, why, how does he know that sin was still in the world? Because death reigned. <laughs> That means, that means before God's law, people's sin was kind of ignorant. They didn't know. They didn't know what God expected of them. But when we read in verse 20, it says, now the law came in to increase the trespass. All of a sudden later, when we received God's law, we became aware of what God expected of us. This really, really just points to how grievous our sin is. Because even after we became aware of God expected us, we continued to rebel against God. We have been doing it for the last four, six thousand years, ever since we've been on this earth. Not once has anyone sought after God. But for us who are in Christ Jesus, even though our sin has become that much more devastating, grace has continued to abound for us. 
Christ, the gift of Christ and his grace works that much harder on our behalf. Think about, um, Tim Simon has actually used this analogy before, and I hope I don't butcher it too much, you know, and I know he used it from somebody else, I think, but before the fall, right, we, we could choose to sin. We could choose to obey God. After the fall, man was stuck in only choosing to sin. Now we, in this present tense, if we are put our faith in Jesus Christ, we again are put in a struggle where we can actually choose to obey God by the power of the Holy Spirit. And coming down the road is a future when we will no longer be able to sin. So what I'm saying is this, the means by which sin and death reign over you comes from Adam. But the means by which you live a justified and righteous life leading to eternal life comes from the grace of God. The more you become aware of your sin, the more grace there is that is poured out on your life to live obediently to the Father. The more confident you can be that you will reign with Jesus Christ forever. So let me end with this. I'm going to back up this a little bit to verse 17 because there's just, I wanted to end on this very good news for you, okay? It says in verse 17, it tells us that we are reigning in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. So what do you think that's going to look like? Well, luckily we have a little glimpse of it. We can jump all the way to Revelations 22 that just reassures us of this reigning that's going to take place in God's kingdom for us with him. It says this verse 22, five says this, and the night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun for the Lord. God will be their light and they will reign forever and ever. Remember Adam was supposed to take care of the garden. They were supposed to multiply and Adam was supposed to reign over the earth. He was supposed to subdue it. And rule there. Well, guys, it's coming again. What was broken is being made new. We too, again, if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, you too will not only conquer sin, but you shall be kings. You shall be reigning with the Lord Jesus himself in his kingdom. You shall enjoy life the way that it was meant to be, not separated from God but safe in Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Father, uh, I thank you so much for um, your son, Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, as um, even though we are imperfect, Lord, and we're broken at the moment that you, Lord, have uh, made a way for us, Lord, that when we stand before the Father, you won't see our failings, but you will see Jesus Christ and his righteousness and what was uh, paid for us. And more than that, Lord, I thank you so much that we're not only forgiven, but Lord, that we will reign with you in life. Lord, I just pray that uh, as we go on through this next week, that we will remember of uh, your great sacrifice for us, and that we will continue to um, grow in our love for you. Amen.